This week's Yes Group Spotlight comes from the Bannockburn Rally, which was organised by All Under One Banner. Uh, Jerry and I were there, Jerry live streaming for Independence Live and me live streaming for Indie Live Radio. If you want to see all the pictures that go with this uh, broadcast, it's on Indie Live Radio's YouTube channel. Good morning, this is Fiona from Indie Live Radio. I'm at Bannockburn, where of course at one o'clock there's going to be a rally. Very quiet at the moment, not many people around. I'm hoping I can also catch up with Neil from Yes Slates and give some coverage of that. And I'm hoping also to cover some of the speeches from the rally. I don't know who the speakers are, but we'll find out as we go on. So for the moment, nice and quiet. We found the Yes Slates. This is the stand going up. There's going to be Yes Stones as well. That's the cairn for all the Yes Stones to go on. But at the moment, we're just getting the framework set up because the yes slates themselves weigh how many stones do they weigh neil all together how many stones are the slates it's several isn't it <laughs> few people starting to arrive flags working their way up the road and it says yes 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 independence for scotland each tile beautifully painted by different members of the yes stones group and then just at the top of the hill We've got flags starting to arrive, starting to make their way up. Here's a that'll be all under one banner. And look who I found, our very own Jerry. Give us a wave, Jerry. Hello, <laughs> I'm delighted to see you. Well, here we are. It's like yeah. old times. There's Bruno setting up the sound generator over there. All right. Right enough, that's going to be making a racket. But we're we're, we're hopefully going to be plugged directly into the the sound. That's a good point actually. Yeah. Uh, great. Cable along there as well. Do we know who any of the speakers are? I've not heard anything. No. no. There's Jerry live streaming to Independence Live and also coming up on Indie Live Radio's Facebook group. So I'll do this to the page and we'll just see if we can, between us, manage to get all the good stuff. <laughs> not a massive crowd plenty of flags not the numbers we're used to seeing at these events but it's the first one after the pandemic easing so perhaps that's to be expected started now. Thank you all for coming to the annual All Under One Banner, Bannockburn Rally. few words to start with. First of all, everybody stay safe. The uh, Covid pandemic has not gone away, so uh, observe social distancing uh, <laughs> and uh, just make sure everybody's looked after. Okay, so just to, to cover ourselves here, uh, we want everybody to enjoy this and go away safe and sound. Oh, just another thing, I want to give a wee shout out to Now Scotland, who uh, yesterday held a rally, uh, used the mandate rally at uh, the Scottish Parliament. So well done to Now Scotland. That was great to see you there. Uh, it's important. There's a degree of urgency, I think, uh, about getting uh, Scottish independence and a second independence referendum. The longer you remain attached to the British state, the longer we may be attached to the Tory government and their corrupt practices. Hancock, the health secretary, has been in the news in the last few days. <laughs> yep. Actually, what he did was probably the least of his uh, crimes. 130,000 people dying through the COVID crisis. Uh, and all that's gone with that, I think, is really uh, his biggest crime. But uh, there you go. That's, that's Hancock. That's the Tories for you. Uh, yeah. The longer we stay attached to the British state, the longer the Tory government can impose its will on Scotland. We're not even allowed to mention Scotland anymore. We've got a union unit that says, don't mention Scotland. We've only one nation, the British nation and the Union Jack. That's the only flag we have to fly. <laughs> yeah, well. So that's, that's the nature of the government 
uh, that's running the UK and the longer, uh, the longer Scotland remains attached to them, the longer that the economy, that the way this country is run uh, is controlled, large bits of it controlled by the Tory party and the Tory government. The longer they're in power, the, the, the more damage they can do to the environment with their support for the oil companies. The longer they're in power and in control, the longer that the hostile envir environment stays in place and immigrants and refugees are chased uh, by, the, by the, the border police and the border force. The longer we've got them in power, the longer we've got nuclear weapons at Faz Lane. Last week we saw a British ship in the Black Sea there with a BBC reporter on board to wind up the Russians. So the, the longer they're in power, the longer we're in danger, the longer this country has to face the problems of being attached to the British state. So we are saying to Nicola Sturgeon and to the Scottish Government, use the mandate, use it now. Don't hang about, don't wait. The longer we have to wait, the bigger the problems that there's going to be in the future. So use the mandate. Okay, so thanks very much. I'm going to introduce our first speaker, which is going to be James Scott from the Scottish Resistance to give the salutation to Bannock Byrne. And then it'll be finished off after, after him, Kevin Wilson will come up to give us a song. Okay, thank you very much. Good afternoon, folks. Welcome to Barrett Barn. And thanks very much for all under one banner who have organised this event. You know, it's been a long time, folks. They've tried to keep us down. But we are going to rise and we are going to win our freedom. Remember Robert Bruce. Remember Bankburn. I'm now going to do the salutation for Bruce, for Scotland, and for freedom! Repeat after me, for Bruce, two existential threats. One is climate change and one is the de destructive nature of nuclear weapons. And today we want to welcome Gwen Sinclair from CND to say a few words for us today. Gwen. Good afternoon, Bannockburn. What a great honour it is to be here to speak at such an auspicious place and such an amazing um, gathering of people again after our incredibly horrible last year and a half that we've had. The last uh, march that I was at was in January uh, 2019 and uh, I feel as if this is just another option again. We're starting to get back out there and it's great to see so many of you out there but basically today, uh, funnily enough, I might just mention some nuclear weapons and I also might mention climate change because these are the issues which I think that Scotland needs to face very, very head on at the moment. We cannot afford to even wait until we're independent to deal with these issues because they're extremely dangerous and I think that they've been given very little coverage as far as I'm concerned in our mainstream media, not surprisingly. But I do think that we're going to have to make a bit, a bit more noise about it. But basically, 707 years ago, there was a battle here. And it was probably the most decisive battle in Scottish history. And without this battle, it would have been touch and go that Scotland would have survived as a nation at all. Thankfully, the odds were in Scotland's favour that day. And the, with the forces of Scotland and the people of Scotland united, and by nightfall, 
We had Edward II tuck tail and skedaddle back across the border to think again. <laughs> well, basically, 707 years later, Scotland is still not free. And we have been given a semblance of democracy, aye. But that has been designed to find us still fighting over the scraps from Longshank's table. So how much has changed, really? We've had a restored Scottish Parliament for now for 20 years, aye. But is a Parliament under threat of being removed? Our powers have been reduced in that time by 111 powers, which were not restored to the Scottish Parliament after Brexit. That has caused an erosion of our powers rather than progress, which you would have expected a Parliament to have made in 20 years. We have a voting system that keeps people in there that the majority haven't voted for, and our Scottish Parliament has such limited powers that it took a terrible situation like the pandemic to show us that we can't do what we want to do for the people of Scotland because we had to wait until Westminster decided they were going to fund the lockdown before we could close down to all but essential businesses. We couldn't close our borders or shut down our airports to avoid contamination. We had to no say over that and we have had to tolerate day after day of the media the mainstream media decrying the choices that the Scottish Parliament are making, undermining confidence, which means people haven't been necessarily adhering to the advice to keep them safe. And basically, we have been we're expected to look to Westminster for our guidance. That's what they want us to do. I don't want us to be fighting over the scraps from Longshank's table. I want us to be fighting and having our own table. I don't want us to be fighting at all just like Robert the Bruce wanted. I wonder what he would have thought of our Scottish Parliament, having no say over what happens to us, say if we're made redundant or if we retire, and we're given the smallest pension in Europe, even though we've paid into it year after year. I don't think we'll ever forget the struggles of our ancestors, and we stand here today in this auspicious place where the action on this day turned the tides for Scotland and they did us proud. This makes me think about the struggles and tri tribulations we are facing today in Scotland. For example, I wanted to mention that NHS working day and night to do all they could to turn the tide of COVID. And they've done us proud, no matter what the cuckoos in the nest of the Scottish Parliament cry. I want to take this opportunity to thank all of the essential workers for all they've done and to continue to do for the people of Scotland, putting themselves at risk day after day and know this. No matter what negativity you read in that mainstream media, it is not the media that so many of us here today bother to support in any shape or form. And I'm eternally grateful for all you've done. Your efforts will never be forgotten. In fact, if I had my way, we'd be spending a whole lot more cash on funding our NHS, our education service, and putting in money to avert the climate change crisis. I'd be investing now to avoid another year like the one we've just had. I'd be taking steps to get a contingency plan together for, the, for a pandemic should it happen again. Not like the UK government who were given that advice and ignored it. They didn't want to spend the money on making good for, the pan, for a potential pandemic, which we predicted to happen. No, they didn't want to spend money on their NHS or to stockpile PPE. They didn't want to do any of those things. And I know what you're going to not be surprised that I'm going to say what they did spend their money on. Well, let me tell you, in 2016, they agreed to spend £205 billion of our taxes renewing their nuclear weapons. Instead of supporting the progressive steps towards being prepared for a pandemic, and Boris Johnson is now working on his 2021 defence strategy, and this has put 40% more nuclear weapons um, to be placed in Scotland for the foreseeable future. And that's only, going, that's only 30 miles from where we are just now. They're going to be upping their nuclear weapons from 180 to 260 warheads over the next few years. In November, Boris said he was going to be setting out a 16.5 billion increase in defence. And he told he would be spending 190 billion on defence by 2025. 190 billion in the middle of a pandemic where his party members jibe our dreams of independence and with let's get over the pandemic it's not the time for independence and yet this amount represents over five years worth of Scottish government budget 
where we can run our free health service, bring in free, free prescriptions, plans to bring back free dental care, free bus passes for the young and the over 60s, and baby boxes and a new weekly child tax to help lift um, families out of poverty. And this year, we have had uh, something worth celebrating that I bet you haven't heard about on the BBC. On the 22nd of January, the United Nations International Treaty for the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons became ratified. This is a banned treaty, treaty which means that the whole world is no longer willing to tolerate the threat that is doled out by the nine nations who have nuclear weapons. Against the wishes of the Scottish Parliament who voted against replacing Trident in 2016, the UK government is one of those nations, and worse still, as if to add in insult to injury, Scotland is to be having to host them for, for the foreseeable future. Not just that, instead of signing up to be part of the momentous moment, which came about by the global efforts of grassroots people just like us, people who got together to say no, we don't want to be buying a one-way ticket on a journey towards nuclear Armageddon any longer, the UK government as I've said earlier, have decided to increase their nuclear weapons rather than signing up to the ban treaty. But I'm really pleased to say, in Scotland, so far five councils have signed up to support the UN ban treaty. Now you can cheer if your council's mentioned here. Five, Glasgow, Renfrewshire, Edinburgh, and East Ayrshire, yay! <laughs> well, Ayrshire C I'm um, here from Ayrshire CND, and we're working to get the other two council areas from Ayrshire to join as well. So that's something we're hoping to manage to achieve this year. Now, if we could do this right, we can't do a lot some of the time, potentially because we're at home a lot at the moment. But what we could do is we could write to our councillors. If, if your council wasn't mentioned on that list, please consider writing to your council leader and asking them to join the UN ban treaty. And let's come back next year and have a full house of the 32 councils in Scotland that will not be complicit in going against the nuclear ban treaty and will not be accepting the UK government's increase in the yield of nuclear weapons forced on us, nor will we be able will be accepting having the marked increase in the transportation of the nuclear weapons along our roads through our towns and villages put us at risk. This increase in nuclear weapons means Stirling here will have, no, will have more nuclear weapons nu convoys coming through it for Brian to lie down under. <laughs> I think he missed that, probably just as well. But more seriously, the people of Scotland will be put at more risk than ever before of a nuclear accident making this even more urgent. What kind of message is it really giving to the Tories who have just also removed the UK from the first uh, no, the no, no strike first policy that they had? So basically every pound spent on nuclear weapons is a pound less spent on our armed personnel. The new Tory defence policies including the cut of 10,000 troops from our armed forces also that Boris Johnson can feel like a man on the world stage. Every pound spent on nuclear weapons is a pound less spent on our health care. Every pound spent on nuclear weapons is a pound less spent on our children. And every pound spent on nuclear weapons is a pound less spent on our future. You deserve better than this. Scotland deserves better than this. And the world deserves better than this. We have a better plan for Scotland and each day, in my opinion, more and more people are beginning to realise the truth about how little say we have in our own decisions and how we can be a progressive nation again, choosing to properly defend our shores, to properly look after our elderly and our young people, to choose climate action, affordable housing, decent pensions, outstanding health care and in the words of a much more capable and outstanding speaker than me, I have a dream. Thank you, Because as a socialist, it means fundamentally we believe in peace. We believe in exporting love and cooperation and human solidarity. We, we don't believe in exporting war and hate and conflict. So why are we here to celebrate a battle that led to the loss of 
thousands of lives, hundreds of livestock? Are we here as in a militaristic fashion to celebrate warfare? Or are we here to keep alive an important memory and an important symbol of our sovereignty as a nation? That's why we come here today and we come here every year, despite the fact it's a battle over 700 years ago. It was a battle that determined the future of Scotland at that time and it established the basis 14 years later for the declaration in 1328 of Scotland's sovereignty, a sovereignty that we held for over 300 years before the Act of the Union when our sovereignty was sold by a parcel of rogues for pieces of gold in secret behind the backs of the people a sovereignty that they had no right to sell and brothers and sisters ever since 1707 people have argued and fought and tried to regain our sovereignty not because we believe in war not because we believe in domination, not because we want more blood shed. On the contrary, the modern epitome of an independent Scotland isn't a war-loving nation. It's a peace-loving nation. It's an independent Scotland that wants to do away with the weapons of mass destruction and the clay. It's an independent nation that wants to invest billions of pounds in our schools, in our hospitals, in our homes to eradicate ignorance, to eradicate homelessness, to wage war on poverty and inequality, not in anyone else anywhere in the world. That's the vision that we carry in our hearts now of an independent, sovereign Scotland. But symbols are important and symbolism is important. You know, you think of the sacrifices that people gave in relation to 700 years ago. You think of the people who not only led others into battle, but the motivation of those who followed them into battle. People willing to give up their lives for the likes of Robert Bruce, for the likes of William Wallace. Why? Because they believed in a cause. Because they believed that the people that were leading them believed in that cause. Let's remember, when this battle took place, Robert the Bruce's wife, sisters, daughter, had already been held prisoner for eight years. They were already casualties of the wars of independence. His brother had already been slain and his head cut off as a symbol of English domination. These people who led the Scots into battle then actually believed in the cause of freedom. What we've got to now, I think, say with more gusto than ever is does the current political leadership of the independence movement also believe in the cause of independence? Because, brothers and sisters, we have given not one mandate for NDRF2, not two mandates for NDRF2. We've now given five mandates for NDRF2. The demand is, give us NDRF2. That's what we're demanding. We don't go 
Westminster and ask for permission for something that's our inalienable right. It is our inalienable right to determine our future and whether we are a sovereign nation or not. Sure, we had a ballot seven years ago and we narrowly lost it despite raising ourselves from some 25% to 45% during a very unequal battle. A battle that was dominated by the corporate media and all the higher liars in Fleet Street and across the world. Despite that, we rose from 25 to 45. Brothers and sisters, I think it's quite clear now. We're not starting this battle on 25 or on 45. We are starting this battle nearer to 55. And we are going to go to 60, 65% in the next indication, the next referendum that takes place. That's why they won't give us it. Do you think they're going to give us the right to leave and take away all of the wealth and the resources that they've been exploiting for the last 300 years? They don't want us to go. They need us. That's why Westminster won't give a new referendum because they know that Scotland will vote to leave this horrible, stinking, rancid union of hypocrisy, of deceit, of lies. And that's why we need that Scottish Parliament to show, announce, announce of the courage, announce of the backbone of those warriors who faced bigger forces, outnumbered three to one, who faced less equipment in terms of the cavalry and the armaments that were available to the English invading army. They showed courage to enter the battlefield because they believed in a cause. They believed in Scotland's sovereignty. Scottish Parliament, members of the SNP, you have been elected not to run a devolved Scotland. You've been elected to lead us to an independent Scotland. That's why you've been elected. So message loud and clear here, as we remember those who fought before, we remember the symbolism of the courage, of the commitment, of the belief in a cause. We say to those who sit in both Westminster and in Holyrood, don't get comfortable. Don't accept the Westminster veto on Indy Ref 2. Be polite by all means. Let them know the date, but don't ask them. Tell them we are going to have Indy Ref 2 and we're going to build a new, a better and a peace-loving Scotland that will make all of us proud and that will celebrate for hundreds of years to come. Thanks very much, brothers and sisters. Hello everyone, how are you doing? Great to be back again. Back again on the rally tour. Thank you very much, thank you, thank you. Hey, my name's Kevin Gore. Any music I'm doing tonight, today you can find on Spotify, iTunes, all that sort of thing. And a new song is a song that I wrote for, um, if you cast your memory back to the day after the referendum, 
2014 in Freedom Square, Mandela Square as we call it, Freedom Square. There was two girls who stood against a Britannia horde, a violent Britannia horde who intimidated everyone that was there. They were kicking, punching, spitting, abusing people, anyone that had a soul tire, anyone that voted yes and campaigned peacefully. But these two girls refused to be moved, they refused to be intimidated, and eventually it was the police that actually took them away. Sarah and Sophie Johnston, a song called The Johnson Sisters. When the mob came down to Glasgow town, Mandela Freedom Square, with their fascist chants and racist rants, hatred was in the John Bull, the divide and rule, had primed that mob with hate. With our ignorance and indifference, never sure to take the bait. But bold and steadfast against that violent mass. The Johnson sisters stood and held aloft that St. Andrew's cross, a flag of nation hold. That did not flinch, nor give an inch to the mob, they showed no fear. But they stood their ground and they cried out loud. Saltar remains here. Well, the mob they attacked and they kicked, they punched and spat, and all those who disagreed. Or had campaigned through peaceful game for a country to be free. The Britannia horde. Their numbers soared and soiled the Scottish aid. But they could not disband these sisters in arms or drive them from the square. For bold and steadfast against that violent mass, the Johnson sisters stood and held their off. The St. Andrew's Cross, a flag of nation hold. That did not flinch, no give an inch. To the mob they showed no fear. But it stood their ground and it cried out loud. The soldier remains here. took the police to intervene marched those girls away and imprisoned them in the cells that night for what crime they would not say Sarah and Sophie Johnson remember those sisters names for they represent a future and to keep the fire aflame. Let a fire of fascist bigots who represent the past and cling to a dying union for whom the die is cast. Bold and stay faced against that violent mass. The Johnson sisters and held aloft the St. Andrew's cross, a flag of nation hold. That did not flinch nor give an inch to the mob, they showed no fear. But it stood their ground and they cried out loud, the soldier remains here.
this altar remains here. Yeah, this altar remains here. The Johnson system. Okay, I'm just going to finish off a quick song called Independence Day. I know that Silent Clansman is one of his favourite songs. I want his mate to be silent. So I wrote this song back in 2013. Played it all over Scotland. Over in Germany for the Germans for Scottish independence. Over in Holland as well for the Dutch for Scottish independence. Marching on a street today with my yes badge on. A stranger he approached me to tell me I was wrong. He said I was a dreamer. I will I let him have his say. Say yes, my friend, I'm dreaming of an independence day. When I day I'm dreaming of, well it comes along for sure. We will have a country where all can be assured A nation of equality, fairness and respect And the government we vote for is a government we get on An Independence Day, an Independence Day Yes, my friend, I'm dreaming of an Independence Day I'm not anti-English I'm not an Irish or the Welsh I'm just dreaming of a country That distributes its wealth Don't tell the people Have opportunity Break the chains Free themselves From the traps of poverty An independence day An independence day Yes, my friend, I'm dreaming of an independence day And I know that I am fortunate And I know well off I am I compared to those in Syria Or in the Palestine Just dreaming of a country One day we'll be free To determine our own future a people's destiny on an independent state on an independent state yes my friend I'm dreaming of an independent state I was marching on the street today down Bannockburn A stranger he approached me to tell me I was wrong Said I was a dreamer, how will I let him have his say? Say yes my friend, I'm dreaming of an independence day Thanks very much folks, take care. Cheers. Okay, thank you, Kevin. Uh, next speaker is Charlotte Ahmed from now Scotland. Charlotte. Hello. Thank you to that fantastic uh, singer. That song sums it up, doesn't it? Kevin, wonderful. And I want to talk about the internationalism of this movement. Yes, we're for Scottish independence, but we recognize all over the world there are people fighting for their democratic rights and independence, and we stand with them just as they stand with us. And today I've seen Catalonia flag here. Well done to our comrades over in Catalonia, just being released from jail. How many people in the leadership of our independence movement would sacrifice enough that they would go to jail for this movement? 
How many in the leadership, I wonder? We're talking about Bannerburn here and fighting. If you want something strongly enough, you fight for it. I'm from Now Scotland, uh, an organisation that was founded out of an all-under-one banner rally because people were fed up with leaving it up to the politicians. They wanted a members' organisation where the members' views are paramount and we don't have to wait for the politicians to tell us what to do because we'd be waiting a hell of a long time for independence if we relied on our politicians today. This is a movement about the people. You, people in your families and communities, what have you been asked to do apart from vote? You've been asked to come on all under one banner rallies. You've been asked to go to yes groups. These are the grassroots of this movement. But when we look forward to where this movement's going, we have to be serious about what we have to do. As people, former speakers have said, we're not going to get handed this on a plate by Westminster. That is a corrupt government run for the millionaires, by the millionaires, who give them friends public money for a service that isn't delivered. This is why we've got hundreds of thousands of people suffering, 150,000 people dying of COVID in one of the richest countries of the world. This system is not working for ordinary people. And we in Scotland have a chance to change that. What do we have to do to do it? First thing I think we need to do, in order to get independence, we need to mobilize hundreds of thousands of more people than we already have. That is the voice that the parliament in Scotland will listen to and it will be forced to listen as well in Westminster. We need to get young people into this movement. They have the energy and the ideas and the commitment. They're not interested in political parties. They're interested in outcomes. Climate change. Look at this land around you. I was born not far from here. It is a land rich in resources for tackling climate change, for reforming farming and housing. Is any of that being done with the urgency that's needed? No. But young people know for their future that has to change. We need to bring climate change activists into the indie movement. We need to welcome immigrants into Scotland to help build our new society. We need to reform land, reform housing, get investment in our health service as if people mattered. And if our politicians won't do it, if the politicians won't listen, we have to make them listen. One of the symbols of the British state in Scotland is Trident. A useless heap of junk in Faz Lane. And you see what the Tories are like now, sending gunboats to Gibraltar, sending the Royal Navy to stop desperate people crossing the channel, jailing people in virtual concentration camps just for being here and wanting to get a better life for their families. Now we don't, by and large, do that in Scotland, but that's what the Tories do and that's what they'll continue to do if we don't fight for independence. Build a new Scotland built on different principles, built from the ground upwards, built for the people because it's the people that matter. People talk a lot, an awful lot about Scottish history. And of course, behind me is a great symbol of the fights of the past. But the fight of the future is the future of the planet and the future of our society as if ordinary people mattered. And an independent Scotland can deliver that if the people make it happen. So I want to see you turning up in greater numbers on the de demonstrations that will come. I want to see us talk about direct action and civil disobedience. This is the only thing that will shift this. We could be stuck with the Tories for the next five years. 
Are you prepared to put up with that for five years? No! Of course you're not. No decent person would. So let's unite this movement along these principles. Get into the streets. Get into your workplaces. Get your work colleagues involved. Get your trade unions signed up to an organisation like Now Scotland. Bit of a promotion there for my group. Because we need to unite even greater numbers in the fight for this independence. You do not defeat the British state on your knees pleading for a referendum. You defeat it by fighting. And it's the fighting spirit of these people of this country that will deliver. Don't wait on the politicians. Fight now for a future for you and your children. Hello there. Uh, next speaker is uh, Pauline Brady from the NHS Pay Campaign. These are the people who have supported us uh, during this pandemic. They deserve our support as well. So a big hand for Pauline. Up you come, Pauline. Thank you. Hi. Um, <laughs> so public speaking isn't really a thing that I'm used to, so... Um, bear with me. So I am a mental health nurse within the NHS. I've worked throughout the pandemic um, and as Bob said, I am a campaigner for the NHS pay to get fair pay for um, all NHS staff who have lost over 20% of their pay in the last decade. I'm pretty new to politics. The first time I ever voted was in 2014 and I was already in my 30s. I understood very little about politics and how that affected me as a worker and as a mum. In 2014, I voted no to independence, don't hate me. Um, I voted no because I was scared and I listened to the rubbish that the Tories were spilling and because I didn't really get it. Whenever people tried to sell it to me, it would end up descending into people shouting about oil and how Scotland don't have a voice, but there was never really any content, so I'd never really understood it. And I failed myself, I failed Scotland at that time, because I didn't then go ahead and have a look at that and educate myself. But now today, I am here after educating myself, and I'm here to say to the SNP that we need to get a date for another referendum because it's time that Scotland became independent and we need that date now. There's no more waiting. One of my biggest concerns about staying in the union is the way workers of all kinds are continually left behind. We are seeing more fire and rehire tactics, poorer working conditions in businesses owned by billionaires job losses so that the bosses can fill their pockets even more, the gender pay gap is increasing and minority workers and migrants being treated like criminals rather than the skilled workers they are. Our public services are either being sold off, closed or privatised and the Tories don't even try to hide it anymore, they're just out there just doing it, they don't care what any of us think. For years the NHS has been underfunded, services have been cut and there's been sneaky ways of privatising the, the services to make money for the Tories. How can any government claim there's no money to pay nurses for the work that they do when they're paying private firms three to four times what it would cost to pay nurses properly? NHS staff have seen their wages frozen for more than a decade, which means highly trained nurses have fallen 15% below the rate of inflation in that time. Last month, the Scottish Government gave us a 4% pay rise, which equates to shrapnel for so many. We need to see our pay corrected, and we need to see it corrected now. We are hemorrhaging nurses, and we're in a staffing crisis. Without nurses, patients will undoubtedly die, because the few of us that are left, there's no way we can do the work of the thousands that are missing. This year's 4% pay increase has already become yet another below inflation, empty gesture, with the inflation in expected to rise this year to above 4%. We cannot afford to lose any more NHS staff. We need to free ourselves from the Westminster chokehold before it's too late. Last week, the despicable Dido Hardin pledged to end the NHS's reliance on foreign workers. This is just another way for the Tories to impose their racist regime. 
There are 170,000 non-British-born NHS staff who are the heart and soul of our NHS. Well, you know what? This is Scotland. We welcome refugees, we want migrants, and we won't let the Tories send them away. We will fight, and once we have independence, I fully expect the Scottish Government to give them the right to remain and to work to fully integrate them into Scottish society. Their experience and skills are just as valuable as any other human that graces the land we call Scotland. Over the past 18 months, we have seen more NHS privatisation than ever before and south of the border have been hardest hit. And that just strengthens why we need an independent Scotland. One of the biggest challenges we have in the NHS is retaining and recruiting staff when the pay is so low for specialist jobs. We have heard for the last decade that if Scotland was independent, we would get fair pay equal to our colleagues in education. If we aren't careful, we won't have an NHS come independence. Because the Tory government are hell-bent on dismantling the NHS. That latest attack on the NHS, which has, been, which has a use of the government's institutional racism to send our cherished migrant colleagues out of the country they call home and out of the country that they tirelessly, tirelessly work to save during this pandemic. We need to separate ourselves from the grotesque, racist, socialist rule of Westminster and we need to do it now. Thanks. Uh, we thought we'd get a young activist up here. Uh, we want to get young people involved in the movement. Yes, the last sir. speaker is Alan Bell, who's a young activist for independence, a member of Now Scotland. Alan. First of all, I just want to thank everyone for being here today. It's important that we're here because we are building the biggest mass movement that Scotland will ever see. This movement will be bigger than the anti-war movement against the war in Iraq. We need to put hundreds of thousands of people on the street if we're going to win independence. And this is the beginning right here. I want to say, we're, I'm from now Scotland, it's a one-member, one-vote democratic organisation that came from an all-under-one-banner demonstration. And if you're not already a member, join us today, because we need to build the biggest movement this country's ever seen. No matter if you're in any party or no party, it's a democratic organisation for us to build the biggest campaign to put pressure on the government to make sure we win our independence. And we won't win our independence only from saying to people we need independence for the sake of independence. We need to tell people why Scotland will be a better independent nation than it is with this Tory, better word for language, but this Tory government that we have right now. Because we need to kick the Tories and break up the British state. We need a country without nuclear weapons. We need an anti-racist country. We need to go to Fast Lane and say we will not have nuclear weapons on our shore the day independence comes. Yeah. Then, then, we go to Dundavel and we say shame on you for letting this stay in our country. I will not have a detention centre that keeps migrants and refugees with no charge and have done nothing wrong or fleeing their country here in Scotland. Shut down Dungable now. We are looking to build a new Scotland, a Scotland, like I said, anti-racist, with green energy, without trident, without nuclear weapons, that welcomes refugees. Look what happened in Kenmuir Street just over a week ago. We showed the Home Office that they will not deport people from our country, because we welcome refugees. And we welcome everyone in this nation. And I want to say to the last speaker, what she said was absolutely amazing. My mum was a nurse for over 35 years. Migrants and refugees and nurses and the working class build the NHS. They should pay them properly. And in an independent Scotland, what we'll do is we will build the strongest NHS possible. We'll protect our workers. We'll protect the nurses. We will not kick them like the Tory government wants to do and the government in Holyrood.
So I ask everyone here today, what you need to do when you leave here today, because I'm the last speaker, is think of the person you can convince. Think of the person that's standing on the fence. Think of the person who's waving, wavering because of COVID right now and think, hey, we can't become an independent nation. Look at smaller nations than us who have become independent and who are thriving. Look at the fact that the British state doesn't want to let us go. We know why that is. We'll be a strong, independent nation. We are a sovereign nation. We believe in that and we can fight for our independence but it's going to take the biggest mass movement i'll say it one more time on the streets 10,000 20,000 100,000 there's a few hundred of us here today but next time there's going to be thousands 10,000 100,000 and that's how we'll put the pressure on and that's how we'll win independence join us today join now scotland all the yes movements come together Stop them fighting. We are going to win this together. And this is our moment. We're not going to wait forever. I'm not waiting a generation, as Boris Johnson said. I'm not waiting 10 years. I'm not waiting five years. Within two to three years, we're going to be an independent Scotland. Because we are now Scotland. This is our moment. We're going to win independence. And we're going to win it now. I made a mistake. I've got one of Silent man who stood there silent throughout the whole demonstration. Breaking silence! Good afternoon, everybody. Can you hear me at the back? Hard lines. So, just to finish off the rally today, I'm going to do this a wee bit of reverse because uh, this was thrown on me again by the wonderful Neil Mackay. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank everybody for your patience for hanging on today and thank you to all everybody who came out with the stalls from the yes donors over there in the distance thank you very much everybody everybody that came out with their individual yes flags and their banners i'd like to thank some of the stall holders here i'd also like to take an opportunity to thank the community liaison police and the police force there for turning up today to keep us all safe <laughs> It's important that people recognise the work that they do. We have the Indy 2 Cafe here, we've got Indy Truck David here as well. And most importantly of all, we have you. What I'd like to say to finish off is something very simple. When you see me going to the marches and I stand in front of the unionists, I do it for several reasons, not only just for independence for my country, and for a blow against Westminster. But I do it for all the people, not only at home, but abroad, who want to see this country free from the shackles of the English Parliament. Is that you? <laughs> so if you can't make the march, I make the march for you. What I'd like to say is, you see me at this, these uh, events with this small placard here. It only has three words on it. Two words are important, but one word is more important. It and yes are very important, but time is far more important than that. 707 years ago, the ground beneath your feet shook and to this day, under there, is the blood and the dust of our patriots that fought to free this country. Yes. You are standing on that hallowed ground right now. Never, ever forget it. That's a long time ago. We can have a good time. We can have a short time. But right now, for this movement, we need the right time. And the right time will come when the SNP government decide to give us a date and we can work on it. And in the words of the Beastie Boys, you got to fight for your right to end it. Well done, everybody. Thank you very much. And that's the end of the Bannockburn Rally. First one after 15 months of lockdown, so it feels really good to be out and doing something again. Obviously, some people very still very cautious, everybody very distanced, which was great. Let's just hope this is the start of things gearing up again. Let's hope that the Yes Movement can put all its 
tensions and fractions aside, get together and let's get indie done. Indie life, 